All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. I am so excited to have this guest. I have spent all morning perusing her website, reading almost all of her entire Instagram, crying, being inspired, like the testimonials and things that she's going to be able to share with us and bring to us. I'm ready. Y'all aren't ready. I'm ready. But I have Miss Yvonne Douglas on. She is a starseed alchemist. And if you don't know what that is, I didn't super know either, but it's probably one of the coolest titles. I've ever heard and just the way that she helps people, the way that she transforms people, gives people life. It's going to be a beautiful episode and I'm so excited. So if you just want to share your story, how you got here, tell me the fun, exciting details that I need to know. Oh, bless you. Bless you, Cassie. Thank you for having me on your, on your podcast. It's lovely. Um, oh, who am I? So firstly, um, Yes, I do go by the, the, the title of the Starseed Alchemist. And I am a powerful and empathic and energy goddess. And I heal sensitive souls to save their lives. Okay, so that's fundamentally what, who I am and, and in part what I do. Um, my story starts a very long time ago. Um, I, in my, I grew up in a, in a Christian household. I was a Jehovah's Witness, so more, more or less a cult, really. <laughs> and um, it was, I was also come from a very dysfunctional childhood where there was um, emotional neglect, psychological and sexual abuse. And I grew up um, as quite a depressed child, uh, feeling like I didn't belong anywhere, low self-esteem, just just yeah not very happy but i i kind of masked that with um being quite com comedic actually and funnily enough later on in my journey i did i did partake in um stand up comedy for a while i was a stand up comedian for a little while um but that that was just a, a little that was just a little snippet of of time in my lifetime but so i got through life by pretending everything was fine and and just laughing and and making jokes and you know being the life and soul of the party and whatnot and I got through it for a little while but as time went on um it couldn't I couldn't maintain that and I ended up have getting married um at the age of tender age of 21 I had two children by the time I was 27 and by the time I was 27 I kind of really hit um what would you call it a moment in my life where I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore I couldn't do the marriage I couldn't do the religion and I felt really enclosed and stuff happened within the family which then meant I had to go and have some counseling and that counseling lasted for seven years and in that came up a lot of the dysfunctional stuff that I had endured and making more sense of myself and my life so ended up as I said leaving the religion leaving my marriage and then but in so the counseling came in between that but so, and, and also I was going out partying a lot. I started smoking, I started drinking a lot and started looking for love in all the wrong places. And, you know, I had, I kind of lived my teenage years in my, my early thirties, but I was definitely getting a lot of answers to my problems. And then I met my second husband when I was 35 and that lasted for about four years. And I, I had another breakdown, um, that the marriage was breaking down and I had an emotional breakdown and I ended up in rehab. I, went, I ended up in rehab for food addiction and which is very strange. And prior to this, I also had, um, before I actually got married to my first husband, I also had 
tried to commit suicide twice. Um, and then, so in rehab, I was, my drug of choice was taken away from me. And I then started to have all these feelings and memories of so much stuff that hadn't surfaced when I was in counselling previously because I was still using my drug of choice. Um, and I just started dealing with a lot of stuff. And that's when the, the, the sort of like the main sexual abuse came to the fore, came to my subconscious reality and I had to start dealing with that. And that I was also told that I have to stop drinking alcohol. And I tried to pretend that I didn't have a problem with alcohol, but I did. So I stopped. And so, yeah, I've been sober ever since. And when I came out of rehab, just carried on this journey and also decided to change my job. Actually, I changed my job. Um, I left, went to college and studied coaching. And then a year later, I went to university and studied to become a counsellor. And I just started working for myself as I kept on shedding so much of my past. I then had my spiritual awakening in 2011 strokes, 2012, and everything has changed since then. So that's, that's the journey in, in very much a nutshell. <laughs> oh, the ways we think we can control our lives with alcohol. Like it's not a problem. It's, I, I feel that so deep mm. i like i went to rehab i did outpatient rehab for my drinking okay, my job was like right. my job was like you have to go or we're gonna fire you but we'll pay for part of it and i was like it'll be fine and my therapist day one was like what are you trying to get away from i was like nothing i just like alcohol and he was like well let's talk about some stuff and <laughs> that was 2014 like 2013 2014 when I really had to start dealing with any of it, because I had just okay. been running, running, being like, everything is fine. I'm in control of my life. Everything is fine. Lies. The lies we tell ourselves. The lies we tell ourselves, <laughs> absolutely. So I definitely feel that yeah. deeply. And when you turn 27 and you had your quarter life crisis, uh, and you just like can't do anything and I feel like people sometimes discredit that they're like oh you're in your 20s you'll be fine like no when you're in your 20s you don't have an you don't have any idea what you're supposed to be doing with your life and if you think you do you're just lying to yourself like you don't know what you're doing with your life like I just turned 31 and I still don't feel like I know exactly what I'm doing with my life I did not know when I was 25 no yeah yeah. As, I remember reaching 30 and thinking, oh my God, I haven't done anything. The only thing I can really be proud of is that I've got two lovely children and that was it. And I was panicked. 30. <laughs> I have four cats. So, <laughs> and it's, and that's kind of just like the terrible lie that like people tell us, they're like, oh, you know, you're supposed to have it figured out by the time you're in your early twenties, you know, you should have your career, you should have your marriage, like kids, you're like, you should have it figured out. I'm like, who has it figured out? I don't know anyone mm. who has it figured out. And I don't mm -hmm. want to know anyone who has it figured out because I feel like their life's probably really fake and I don't want to deal with it. And mm -hmm. it's just like this terrible pressure. So I love that you, that you got out of those situations because some people would stay. Some people mm. would just stay, be like, I've done this my, like I stayed in my, people stay in their religion because that's what they think they should do. They stay in their marriage because that's what they think they should do. And you were like, no, I have to do something else. And it's just like, I honor that space for you because there's so many people who are just staying in that space because they don't think that they 
can do anything. Uh, mm -hmm. I like saw it. I saw some like TikTok thing that someone was like, you don't have to stay in the same situation just because you've invested time, money, energy into it. You can change. Like, you can be miserable for three years instead of 50. So exactly. I'm so proud of you that you like Thank move you. forward. And I just love that. So yeah. I, so on your site, you talked about we're human beings living a spiritual existence. How did you kind of come to that? What does that, what does that mean? What does that mean? So the, I heard that saying um, not long into my journey when I started, so after rehab actually, and I had to go to the rooms, I had to go to, you know, OA and AA, um, the anonymous rooms. And it was in those rooms that I heard the phrase, we are spiritual beings having a human existence or experience. And it was like a massive penny dropped for me. And I thought, that makes so much sense. And so for me, it was, yeah, I had this spiritual awakening. We, we, we go on our journeys and every so often we have a spiritual awakening where our soul is reaching out. Our soul is speaking to us. And basically we are just, this physical body is not who we are. Who we are is what is contained within the physical body, our spirit, our soul, the, 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 the part of us that is emotional and thinks and feels and our high and that's connected to our higher self, connected to the divine source. That is the, per the driving force, our driving force. That is who we really are. And the more I kind of connected with myself, the more I released a lot of my, my traumas and my past, the more I made space for my soul to grow, to expand for me, to be able to connect and really know who I am on a soul level. And that is really the journey for all of us. It's to remember who we are. We're not just this human person. We are having a human experience, but we are multidimensional beings. We are souls. How, that. how do we do that? Because that sounds beautiful. And it's one thing just to be like, we release the trauma. How do we even lean into that? So many people want to, myself included, want to get, want to just box it up and be like, it's not, it doesn't have control of me. How do you lean into healing from those past traumas to become who you are? If that was like your whole life up till now, maybe for some people, how, what is even like a first step towards moving to that more welcoming, open, soulful, spiritual existence so the first step is definitely to start releasing the traumas okay because i mean it's all relative and some of us have more traumas than others however being a human we've all got traumas and some of them are not just from this life we may have traumas from past lives that we've carried over um, the, and the best way to start connecting with your soul i would say the first thing to do start meditating just meditate, be still, be quiet, sit with self. There's different types of meditations. I've got some on my website, on, on, on my Instagram. You know, just, just, just listen to the meditations, start connecting with your soul, start developing that, that sense of being as opposed to doing. We are human beings. 
not a human doing. You know, so many people are caught up in being busy all the time and avoiding that, that, that space, that quiet space to just be and contemplate and reflect and go within. All the answers that we seek are within us. You know, we've lived many lifetimes. We've got an, an, a world of knowledge within us. We just need to tap into it and make the time and make the space to do that. Yes. And meditating, when I first even thought about it in my head, meditating was you sit in silence like a monk for like four hours a day. So now whenever it comes up, I'm like, you can meditate for like three minutes. You can start very small because I certainly could not sit still to save my own life because I was busy and I would get so in my head about like, I am not doing the right pose. I can't meditate because I can't do yoga. I equated yoga and meditation and my inability to be flexible to my ability to meditate. So I think that's so important that we just have those moments of quiet and stillness in anything and it's so and it's so hard to do I feel like in the society that we have today because the value is placed so highly on being productive hustle culture capitalism and just always being busy and the people like I fully admit that I thought people who meditated just had a lot of free time and were lazy I didn't think of it as needed I was like oh, they're just taking time, they're just whatever, like, they're just doing what, and now I'm like, oh, if I don't have, like, at least my 10-minute meditation in the middle of my day, like, to transition, I'm just a chicken with my head cut off, because I can't focus, because there's no space for that, I think that's so, so important, we always start with meditation, because you don't always have to be hustling. No, absolutely, and you know, there's no right or wrong way to meditate so some people they said oh but you know I I can't quiet my mind and I'm this I'm that and they judge themselves and they think oh I can't do it so they don't do it but you know I always say to people just be easy with yourself just keep practicing and don't judge yourself just keep doing it don't give up it will get easier and there's so many different types of meditation you don't have to sit in silence you can do the guided meditations you can listen to music you can do walking meditations like walking in nature for example you know it's there's different types of ways of meditating and the yoga as well movement um but it just but it's very important that we do that it's about becoming more mindful even even just becoming more mindful mindfulness you know how quickly do i eat you know what what are my thoughts when I'm doing something? Am I really in the moment or am I overthinking? Am I in my body or am I in my head? This is all about being mindful. What is going on for me? You know, so many people can get caught up in their head, in their thoughts. And actually it's because they're avoiding being in their body and in their feelings. So again, wow. being very mindful, very, very important. Absolutely. I... I really applied meditation when I did a half marathon a couple months ago and someone was like, just meditate while you run, just like focus on like every step. And I was like running in 18 degree weather. There was snow on the ground, but I had like committed that I was going to run this half marathon on Christmas. I trained all of these things. And then the fact that it snowed, I was just like, well, I could either just not do this 
and like no one I'm doing it for myself no one's gonna be like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh you ran a half marathon the next day whatever Mm -hmm. but I was like no I'm gonna do it and I just remember like I don't even know what music was playing I know I had music but I was just like one foot in front of the other I was like we can go how am I breathing like just going just being so aware even like where my hands were while I was running Mm -hmm. I was just like I am so in tune I was just like counting heartbeats and I feel like that was the most meditative state I've ever been in because there was nothing else. There was literally me not getting hit by a car and getting home where it was warm. And it was definitely an experience to just like push yourself. And I feel like if I wasn't in a way meditating through a lot of that, like convincing myself that I could do it, I probably wouldn't have done it. And then I didn't run it at all again for like a week and it was great. (laughs) but that's you in your zone that's you where you're it feels like your soul had really taken over and you were just in that zone and you could do it no matter what and when you get into that zone it's very powerful that's when we start tapping into the genius part of who we are Mm, fantastic so I always encourage that because I know a lot of my listeners do do like running or physical activity and when someone was like, just meditate while you run, I was like, oh, I can do that. Because there's nothing, you can't do anything else. If you're running, you're just, you're, you're running. This is what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even things like that, like taking a walk, there are so many different ways that you can meditate that I always try to tell that to people. I'm like, you have options. Mm. Try all the options. Mm. Uh, Definitely. So I know you offer, offer I can say words, um, soul retrievals. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've read like a lot of the testimonies and I was just like these women's lives were so changed and they felt so free and they felt like they were alive, like that you saved their lives to some extent. I'm like, what happened? And really, how did you learn to facilitate this? How do you help people with something that sounds so transformational that mm-hmm. my mind was blown? And I, I just want to hear it from you so much. Okay. Um, yeah, so as well as, um, you know, doing like counseling and fluid type sessions and coaching and soul guidance, um, I do the shamanic practitioner's work. So um, I, I trained as a shamanic practitioner in 2018 and I was, I was trying to avoid that, <laughs> doing that actually. Um, I, I had two friends, great friends, um, Samantha and Tanya, who are shamanic practitioners themselves. And they kept encouraging me to do the training. And I was like, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm quite okay with doing Sakem energy healing because I'm, I'm a Sakem energy healer as well, which is very similar to Reiki. Um, but in, in one of my um, Sakem sessions, I, well, my guides just kind of took over and just did some really powerful work. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it was really a bit of a shove. You need to start doing the shamanic work, Yvonne. And so getting shoved from spirit, getting shoved from a friend, I, I thought, okay, let me, let, I've got to do this. I can't run away from my path anymore. So um, I went and got trained in the countryside in Devon. Um, and it was, it was just a very transformational, phenomenal, spiritual experience. It really was powerful. Um, and that's where we learnt to do the, the soul retrievals. 
and yeah it, it it so basically a soul retrieval is where we clear and cleanse someone's body their emotional body their ethereal body their astral body of of all sorts energies that do not belong to them okay and after we do that we then go looking for the soul essence the soul parts of that person that have been fractured off due to trauma and we bring them back to the person and reintegrate them into the person now sometimes people walk around thinking feeling not themselves and they don't understand why they just don't get it they don't know what's going on and so when we bring the soul parts back it they they just start to feel whole again they feel you know some of the comments that i've had recently oh i feel like a little girl again i feel really excited and you know it's just really fantastic i mean i've had it done for myself as well and it's very powerful work it's quite subtle but very powerful if that makes any sense but um and then there's some people who have so many energies in them that don't belong to them that it it, it it's as if it's they've taken over that person and you know the particular woman that said i saved her life she she was in a terrible state she probably she was on the verge of committing suicide and so coming to me and and really doing that work with her was just so powerful so so powerful so yeah it's 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 i love doing it, it it's great to see the results afterwards and then people then can start to really feel more of themselves and continue doing the work and healing and releasing and things like that. So yeah, it's very, very good work. Very powerful. Okay. I have, I have chills just thinking about it. Just, we don't realize how much energy is trapped in us from experiences. And it was things that I never, I never thought of like traumas as energy or mm -hmm. things that you could release. I was like, this is bad things happened. You just live with them. The reason that some people are completely fine, fine, if we can call it that, are because they didn't have all these struggles and they didn't have to go through anything and they're just living their lives. But in fact, a lot of them probably dealt with different things. You don't have to just stay stuck in those experiences. You can move the energy out and Absolutely. just like things like that are like it's a trans it's life transformational when you take when you take control over your own energy or you find a way to take it back so that's oh, i'm so happy so happy that's so magical <laughs> because to be i know how hard it is to be in that place where you're ready to end it and you try to end it and waking up after you've attempted to kill yourself and just being so so upset that it didn't work and then mm. just trying to like try to go on with your regular life and have that as an experience you're like well that didn't work and just kind of the way i have to look at it now is it didn't work for a reason it didn't happen wasn't your time mm. yeah and i remember at the time being so mad just so mad about it i was like i did not want to be saved and now i'm like I'm still here because I need to be here. I'm still here mm -hmm. to help somebody else get out of that space to know. Because mm -hmm. at the time I thought I was the only one who ever felt like that. And mm -hmm. it is a big lie. It is the biggest lie that we are ever alone in our feelings. And Absolutely. so 
sharing those experiences and sharing ways to get out of those experiences is is everything to me so i love having people on here who are helping people with those traumas and healing because there's no one way one one size fits all for healing trauma so i think it's so beautiful the way that you're able to help people the way you're able to transform other people's lives the way your life has been transformed and i'm just i'm just obsessed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know it's so true what you say about one size and fit all and we are never alone we are you know we are the collective consciousness and so many of us have experienced the very similar things or the same things the same dysfunctions the same abuse and neglect and whatnot you know it's and at the moment our planet is throwing up all of the collective consciousness's stuff Humanity's stuff is right there in front of us and we have to start dealing with it as a collective and on an individual level. We are never alone. We've, we've all, we're all part of this thing and we're all about, it's about all of us ascending and growing and healing and learning and coming together in love because ultimately that is who we are. That is what we are. We are love. We are love. And we have to r- remember that and all the things that have happened to us They've been done because love has been kind of absent on this planet in the way it really needs to be present, you know. And this is this is the age of Aquarius now that we're moving into. And it is the time for love to really take over. Really, really is. So it being the age of Aquarius, which is something that I just like learned about like two months ago that this was even going to happen. So in like a blog post that you wrote from last June, life here in America is a uh, racial injustice shit show Um, Mm. all of the time. It's Mm. not great really anywhere. And you were speaking on that planetary cleanse, the change in perspective, ancestral healing. What do we need? I am very much realizing my own white woman privilege and it's something that i was not i was raised to respect everyone it never even crossed my mind to Mm. it never the way my parents raised me versus how i see other people now i'm just like how how can you feel these ways about people and so i'm very thankful to my parents who were like skin colors whatever it doesn't matter and so i had that mentality where i'm like i don't care but seeing now where it's at my my idea of not caring was genuinely offensive to other people because i was discrediting all of these other people because i was like i don't see color like they're good people if they're good to me i'm going to be good to them and since june i've seen people trying to raise awareness trying to educate themselves and trying to shift and going into the age of aquarius where we are coming into this experience of love we are going we are going to end the bullshit that is systemic racism it's gonna happen in my lifetime somehow we're going to do that but it starts with us it starts with us as an individual and uh, ancestral healing how how can i impart to people in my life what kind of healing they need to be doing how can i help other people come to this how did you 
come to this ascension to know that things will get better. All of all of the things. Mm. So, <laughs> so yes, it, you know, when we look back on sort of humanity's existence, you know, white supremacy has been very much part of part and parcel of the fabric of society for I don't know how many years. You know, you, you, when you look back on slavery, which only ended about four hundred years ago that's that's just an abomination in in and of on in and of itself <laughs> say that quite slowly um so what it what and the systems that we are living under now the institutions that we are living under now all need to go because they are not fit for purpose they're not fit for humanity they are not built from a place of love so they need to go and they are being dismantled that's why we're going through this thing at the moment you know yes covid exists um but what what the the powers that be the 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 one percent what they're doing is in 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 them trying to it's not about trying to contain the pandemic it's about trying to control humanity they have they have their ulterior motives okay um it's there's a 99 percent survival rate for for covid so you know the, the the means at which they're, they're trying to control it doesn't make any sense whatsoever so so as i said the systems white supremacy is part of the system um racism um what what else you know patriarchy all of that it, it, they're all built from a place of greed and power and control and it has to go so in terms of what we all need to do so we all we all have a responsibility to heal so because we all have DNA, we all take on our ancestors' DNA. So we come through with our ancestors' DNA. The more we do our healing, the more we heal the ancestral continuum. So, so for example, for me as a black woman, um, obviously I descend from slaves. So some of the post-traumatic slave syndrome will come through into my DNA. And I remember um, before going on this healing journey, there was an element of me where I felt like I couldn't look white people in the eye and I and I felt I did feel some sort of inferiority but as I went through my healing process I remember going to a shamanic practitioner and he could see in my past seven generations back I experienced something I was on a slave ship and he then said that um he did some healing and said you'll never be afraid of a white person ever again. And from that day, I could look white people in the eye. And I didn't feel any way what I felt like, wow, it just changed my world. Um, so, so this is what we, we as black people need to do in terms of really healing that those post-traumatic slave syndrome that we, we may carry within our DNA. And also for white people, they need to also go through that healing process. And it's about take because a lot of racism is based on insecurity, and so because someone's insecure, they then want to take power and hold power, and you know they don't want to relinquish. So again, going within, dealing the DNA strands that exist within your ancestral lineage around racism, so that you then start to feel and know that there is no difference 
we are we are all here to have an experience and we have to be treated equally so it's not it's not so there's a lot of i know there's a lot of white people who are not racist okay but there's a lot of white people who benefit from white supremacy and that's where a lot of people need to start thinking okay what can i do to dismantle racism in my white privilege what can i do for my black brothers and sisters and and it's a, it's a global thing so it's not just about whites and blacks it's also about the the asians and the the chinese and everybody we all all of humanity need to come together and actually racism is one of the tools or the weapons that the one percent use to stop humanity coming together because if we all came together against the one percent where would we be where would we be we were talking about that earlier today about like how so i like football i do and we were just seeing all of the millions millions of dollars that these players were getting and we were like what if like all these football players just give like a million dollars to good causes or if like millionaires gave like one billion dollars to solving so many things and it's and it's pure insanity that you can have a billion dollars and still be like you know i think i need some more like let me just keep keep some more this crazy like astronomical amount of money and i'm just like do you know what you could do with that like what is it actually doing for mm -hmm. you and and it's a power trip for them Absolutely. and it's insane to me and there's just so much more that could be done and i i definitely used to think that just little old me like didn't have a place in being anti-racist i was like i'm not i'm like i have plenty of like friends who are all races all diversities of course like that never occurred to me mm. that you that you have to do more work than that i was like well i'm i'm not doing that but every single one of us has to do something not doing anything is literally part of the problem of and and you might not think that you can do anything like if you're listening to this you might not think that your one little person self can do something but you can't you have influence over other people in in some regard even just one person if we all influence Absolutely. one person that literally means the entire world that means the entire Absolutely. world and you can do that and i used to feel so incredibly powerless about all of it because what was i gonna do and then i was like i can share something on instagram and get backlash and be like um why don't you believe this like what are you arguing with me about you're arguing with me about like someone's human rights get out of here mm. bringing that out in people where you question why don't you support this why do you have those views has anything ever happened to you that is actually wrong like you haven't been oppressed you have to admit that you have to if you are a white person right now i'm gonna just call y'all out y'all ain't oppressed like you could have lived a really poor life sucked but you weren't oppressed like i'm sorry that's just mm -hmm. how it is there's not an entire system built around making sure that you will not have those opportunities mm -hmm. and i i fell into that and i call myself out on it all the time and mm -hmm. you know it's scary to call people out. it's scary to own up to that it's scary 
as fuck to have these conversations because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I hate like offending someone, but if I do, I'm like, please just tell me I don't want to do the wrong thing. And Mm -hmm. to having these conversations and doing my own healing, because if I'm, if you're not acknowledging what your history is and what set you up to have these viewpoints, you can never change them going forward. And I'm living for woke TikTok. Like these like kids who are, I had no idea about any of this when I was like 16, 17. And they're like at marches, they are getting out the vote, all of these things, at least in the States, like we have a voice. I don't know what like voting is like for y'all, but we have like voting options at local levels. We can choose who we allow in power if we are educated and we know what our mission going Mm -hmm. forward is. So I feel like we have a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because it is is not up to the African-American community to save themselves. We did this, white people did this. It is our job, it is our job. And if you don't agree with me, I don't care. It's our job. We built the system, we have to tear the system down and we have to teach each other how to tear down the system and mm-hmm. to do our own healing, to have these yeah. really hard conversations. And I think I love that perspective of healing your, your ancestral experiences because you don't, I didn't understand generational trauma until mm. recently. I have generational trauma like the hurt held by other communities who were stripped of their ancestry is 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 there's nothing there's nothing that i can do that's going to fix that for them but i can sure as heck try to make it a better place for generations to come to 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 have this be that turning point so with this being aquarius where where does it go from here what do we see happening from here so we um and i you know i just so thank you so much you know to to be talking about this on this platform and i think this is this is where it's this is part of it isn't it this is part of being able to have these open conversations without without feeling threatened about it or or or, or teetering around it but really just talking about it from a real heart space this is this is one of the things that you know I think is is necessary and it, and it's great and and I and I really do admire um my white brothers and sisters who are able to do this and um because to me that's that's someone who has a real heart okay um and at the end of the day spirit has no color spirit has no color so yeah so in terms of where we're going as humanity, as I said, all the systems are being dismantled. So, and the reason why the powers that be, the 1% are really just like, they're trying to hold on to their power, like this. (laughs) So they're honing in on us, honing, putting the pressure on us, putting on pressure, because they know that humanity is waking up. The thing is, this time that we're living in now, it was going to happen regardless. The planetary alignments 
they happen. That's part of science. It's part of astrology, astronomy. It, it was going to happen. We were going to get we we were going to get all this energy coming in where we were all going to wake up anyway. They knew this was going to happen, so they planned what they needed to do to try and stop as many people as possible from waking up. Because it's as if humanity have been walking around like this, and then all of a sudden, all this light comes in from all the planets, and they'd be like, oh. I'm here. Oh, I remember who I am now. You know, it, it's, it's a bit like that for a lot of people at this time. And then, so, so the powers that be have tried to stop that from happening. And they've had a cosmic contract to control anyway um, for many years. That contract is up. It's, it's up. But they don't want to give it up, so they're still trying. But we as humanity have to keep going. We can't give up. We can't give in to them. We have to come together. We have to do the shadow work. So a lot of a lot of our journey is about really doing the shadow work, healing all the stuff that we've been accumulating in this 3D reality and so that we can lighten our bodies so that we can really move effortlessly into the 5D. And um, yeah, so for the next sort of couple of years or so, still going to be a little bit shaky you know and it's about really uh, we're going to have to be adjusting transforming being okay with change not being scared for the changes that are coming because we've become quite reliant on the system and the way things have been set up you know the banking system the school system everything and it's not about that anymore it's about yeah humanity is changing the way it's going to be living right going forward we're going to be we're going to be living in more community type settings we're going to be growing our own food we're not going to be reliant on on you know the the, the massive industries and yeah but not everybody is going to kind of come through some people are going to be so resistant to change it's going to take a it's going to take a while um but yeah we just have to really stay focused and keep our vibration as high as high as possible so really get rid of the fear so if anyone is listening and they're so fearful of you know the pandemic or whatever it is um it's about letting go of that fear being courageous and and embodying love because the fear is going to keep you stuck it's going to keep you sick it's going to break down your immune system and you may end up getting it and what i always say is stop living in fear and for me don't fear dying i don't fear dying so because i love living and if i die i die so i'm just gonna go out there and live and enjoy myself you know the fear is what is gonna be people's downfall and at, and at the end of the day the one percent they live off our fear they live off the negativity that's why if you keep people in dysfunction and negativity and addiction and all that, they're happy. They want that. That's what they want because it keeps them in power. Yeah. Like alcohol is so normalized. Everything. All like when I was like getting sober and I was like trying to get a handle on it, I didn't realize how many things in my life 
involved alcohol so casually, so normally. It's like the most normal thing in the world to just mm-hmm. have alcohol, to mm-hmm. get drunk. And no one is mm-hmm. questioning that. But if you want to run a marathon, people lose their minds. Like, what do you mean you're going to run a marathon? I don't need to get drunk every day. And they're like, well, why? It's so, it, it was very weird. But I didn't think the first time I tried to get sober, I didn't think it was going to be very different. I didn't think anyone was going to care. And people shaded me. And I was like, how is yeah. this what we're worried about? How is, <laughs> like, how is me not getting drunk what you're worried about right now? Why exactly. is this even a conversation? Like, there's so many other things that we could be talking about and we should be. And I feel like with the pandemic, at least for how it's been for me, as much as they tried to divide and keep us all separate, I've never been more connected to just like knowledge, to other people, to causes, to things that I want to support, changes that I want to see than I ever, ever was when like pre-COVID, I thought I was, you know, I was like voting correctly and I was educated, but I wasn't doing any of the work. And since the pandemic, it has highlighted so many things that are wrong. It has highlighted so many places that we are lacking in like just basic needs for people. And I get Mm -hmm. so upset about it anymore. Like I get mad. The the sheer idea that there is a whole group of people who doesn't believe that everyone deserves basic shelter, food, and healthcare gets me livid. I'm like, how? How are you going to think that every person doesn't deserve this? Y'all want to rescue every shelter dog, but you're not going to apply the same feeling to yes. humans? It is, it is an un... I get... I get so mad about it. I'm like, how? They are humans. They are people. They literally did not choose to be born in like the skin color that they have, the gender they have, the race they have, the sexuality they're going to have. They were born by chance, literally the way we were. Like the fact that people are like, I'm better than you because blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you're not. Like we are all humans. We are all collective. And I hope that more people see that like every single person in the world deserves the bare minimums we all deserve everything but just absolutely the bare minimum that we can do and so Mm. it's it's so important to share that and if you're somebody listening who does not think that uh everyone deserves the bare minimums i urge you to question why you think that why Mm. do you think that anyone does not deserve to live a life that is safe and secure and they aren't worried about feeding their kids because there's not enough money they aren't worried about housing because what if that was you what is that for you and if you are going through that you deserve more and so if you are someone who is thinking like oh i'm white so i'm better than someone of another race or I came from money, so I'm better than other people. Why do you feel that way? Mm. What? And really dig into that. Why do you think that you deserve that? Because you are here for a purpose, but also your circumstances were not something necessarily of your choosing. Mm -hmm. Why would you push that on anyone else? So I think that's 
such an important component of the conversation that people don't mm. mention. I'm just like, That's, yeah, I'm just, absolutely, ugh. absolutely. And as I mentioned before, you know, if you really if you are tapping into your heart space and that love space you can't you, you you can't come to that conclusion that you're better than and you deserve more than you know that's not what it's about so because you know if if one person is suffering that means we're all suffering there's just so, so much that we can do together like there's nothing absolutely. that we can't do together absolutely 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 100 percent. yeah yeah so as we come into 2021 i know we're recording this beginning of february what are you most looking forward to for this next year what do you have going on what are you excited about what do you got mm. i'm excited about the growth and the expansion that's happening not just on a personal level but also um on a professional level so I've been really urged by my guides to get this project that I'm that I've been in had stewing in the background for about two to three years now, and I've been pushed quite not well, quite lovingly by spirit to to get it going. So this is a project for ex-prisoners and it's going to help them get a second chance in life so i've started the ball rolling with that and um currently looking for investors to help us um fund this project that we're going to launch this year it's yeah it's we're going to so it's going to be very different to what's out there already because as far as i can see the services that are out there for ex-offenders isn't really fit for purpose doesn't really help you know there's so much reoffending rates etc so our purpose is to make sure that these offenders do not reoffend but they get a second chance in life so a very holistic package um, of, of healing for these these people that we're, we're doing so I'm really looking forward to that launching that I'm looking forward also to launching relaunching goddesses of the round table so that's um myself and six other wonderful ladies that where we we come together on a fortnightly basis and we talk about all sorts of things um that women especially women of color go through but it's for all women globally and um looking forward to expanding that as well and and creating a lot more resources so yeah it's lots lots to do but looking forward to doing it yeah you must post about that or you must talk about that in clubhouse um i was in a room and this woman she was talking about her um she was like teaching students online and another gentleman who was in the room he's like this big tech writer in ireland and he loved her idea so much he wrote a post about it and she had to close applications because they got so so flooded they filled so much she was able to hire more people so i bet that would be a phenomenal thing because prison reform yeah we're not going to get into it but it it has to be yeah. like if you don't know google it google the heck out of prison reform and Absolutely. the rates and the, the horrendous don't get mad don't get mad it's it's nuts i am yeah i've never said this before but i am proud of the state of florida because they changed their law 
that ex-felons can now vote. It used to be you couldn't vote for like 10 years. You had to go through a special procedure and they could just deny you. Florida voted to be like, no, we're giving them their rights back. Like they served their time. They're out. Mm -hmm. They get it. So it's like a step in the right direction. But just that simple thing, it's it shouldn't be a death sentence if you especially especially in America, the shit that people get arrested for, like weed is legal in half this damn country at this point, mm-hmm. And people are serving lifetime sentences. Okay. I'm going to get mad. Okay. Calm down. But <laughs> that's going to be so impactful. And I'm going to have that in the show notes here. And I'm probably going to talk about it uh, all the time to be involved in that because it's so yeah. important as a collective, we can make a difference when we come Absolutely. together we can change mm-hmm. people's lives, you guys. We can. That's what it's about. It's about creating the ripple effect, coming together, just creating a much better space and on planet Earth for humanity and for our children, our children's children that are coming after us. You know, it's about change, real transformational change. And mm, yeah, it's, it's all coming. It's happening day by day. We don't have to live in the old systems, you guys. We no. don't. You just you we just don't. be like, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am so excited for that. That's going to be an incredible opportunity and journey for people. Mm. And I just love to have my guests close out with, if you could go back and hang out with like 15, 16 year old you, what's a piece of advice that you would give her? What advice would I give my 15-year-old self? I would tell her, do you know what? You are so special. You are loved and you are loved. Go do your thing. The world is waiting for you. I she needed it. to hear I, that. She did. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so thankful that we got to have this conversation. And mm-hmm. I... I can't wait for everyone to hear this and for it to be out there and just for your message to be spread. All of your info is going to be in the show notes so that people can find you, work with you, website, all of that, because you're going to change so many people. I'm so, I'm going to not cry. I'm so thankful for this. It's all right to cry, (laughs) but thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been amazing. You're, you're just a beautiful ball of, light and fire and you know it's just um, thank you so much it's been great really great i'm so glad to have met you in clubhouse and we will stay connected absolutely 